0: Five, 4, three, two, one, go. Welcome to the China Jedi podcast. Shining humor, love, and light on Chinese life. For those living, working, or traveling in China, or interested in learning about Chinese culture, expat life, and foreigners' perceptions. May the smile be with you. May eyes are clear. And I'm and i the cloudy morning. China Jedi legal disclaimer. Please listen carefully. What you hear on this pod may or not be the truth, may or not be funny, rude, or damn right stupid. If statements are made by certain individuals from the human race that go against your preconceptions, conceptions, postconceptions, and selections, faith, tastes, or personal philosophies, please take it with a light-hearted sigh and slight shrug of the shoulder. Hold your head up high, knowing that you are a better person than they are, and that one day the force will strike down on them with great vengeance of furious laughter and unconditional, frivolous forgiveness. Sing you got the tarong. The things that I've been saying, you've been listening to the wrong Yes, we're back, listeners, with a brand new show format and a new co-host, too. None other than Mr. Josh Summers. Hey, Josh. Hey, Josh.
1: Hey there, how are you guys doing? Great. It's good to be here with you, Chris, I thank you for, for letting me join you.
0: I'm really looking forward to this. We've got a lot of good stuff to get through. Now, for those that don't know, um, to our listeners and new listeners perhaps, Josh is an avid travel writer who's been a China expat for over 10 years, living and working in China's far-flung province of Xinjiang. Yes, I did say Xinjiang. He's the creator of the popular website TravelChinaCheaper.com and author of a top selling travel guidebook titled Everything You Need to Know Before You Travel to China. Exciting stuff. So, listeners, we've listened to you and all your wonderful and not so wonderful comments that you've made over the past year and made some, <laughs> made some wholesale changes to how this show works. Removing and refining certain parts, but keeping us true to our main objective of providing something useful to all good people interested in China. Either those that are long-term China expats like myself and Josh, or those that maybe have just moved to China, or even those complete newbies that will be visiting for travel and business purposes at any point in time in the near future. Oh yes, we are your China suppository. Isn't that right, Josh?
1: (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm looking forward to it.
0: And you know what? I think I've done. I've done it again. I've. And we've had this problem. I think I said suppository. I'm pretty sure
1: you did. I wasn't quite sure, but, <laughs> but yeah. Now that I think about I, it, I think you just did.
0: We're all we're all nervous here. Okay. I mean, we're, I mean, we're your China repository. So wonderful. There you go. I mean, I'm sure you could stick us somewhere nice and warm, and we'd be sure to release vital information for your good health. <laughs> Okay, 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 Josh. Moving swiftly on, uh, we will begin, as we always will with this new show format, with a quote of inspiration. (laughs) May the games begin. So here's your first one, Josh. I hope you like it. A man who thinks with his wallet will never get off his back because he wonders what he can't do instead of what he can. Yeah. You know,
1: when you when I first saw this quote, I honestly had no clue what it's talking about. Like, I mean, is this are they saying that because because you're thinking about money, you're, you're only going to be figuring what what what's possible with what you have instead of, you know, trying to think outside the box what it's
0: saying. Yeah, I love I love the fact that the first quote we've been given by our researchers, you've got absolutely no understanding of what it is. That's wonderful. And I think <laughs> and, I, and I and I actually think, isn't that what a good quote's about? Because everyone comes in and in different ways. But I think you're spot on. That's how I would read it. Um, you know, if you're thinking about how much stuff's going to cost and uh, and all of those uh, things, then you're never really going to get done what you really want to do and, and really focus on your dream.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can I get that, and, and I agree with that. I also think, though, that there is value in, you know, let's say budgeting, so that you can, you know, whether you're an expat, you know, trying to figure out what you're you're able to do or if you're traveling out, you know, how you're going to be able to afford everything. But I think that if you're, you know, limiting yourself by something – you know, let's say how how much something costs. I think that definitely, I agree. There's there's other things that you can do to get around that. And if you're only thinking about the money, that's you're, you're probably going to miss out on some stuff.
0: Well, I, I think that's quite funny because uh, you know you are the 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 web owner, the the starter of TravelChinaCheaper dot com. So you <laughs> clearly are into uh, you know uh, making sure that uh, you pay the right price, and um, and then that's uh, and that's how it works there. So I can completely see why you're coming in. Uh, with that Josh and, and I also do believe you do have to be I mean they say do they not that all the millionaires out there today the rich people are the most frugal um, because they know how to manage uh, their money
1: no that's exactly right and you know I there is like this whole host it's like a new subgenre genre of, of online entrepreneurs I guess similar to myself that are doing like this just this travel thing and the whole point of what they're saying and I, and I get part of it is that you don't have to be a millionaire to travel. Like mm. if you're just good about saving and you're good about, you know, traveling wisely, then then it, it's possible to really go wherever you want to go as long as you are patient and, and you're dedicated.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking of myself. Uh, I remember once in a bar with friends and uh, listeners, if you're in that situation, you think, oh, do I really have enough money to buy a round of drinks and say, oh, hey, I'll get this meal or something like that. I've got to say, I think that there's a point in this from the quote that giving actually brings back. I mean, there's a, that energy thing. And, uh, you know, if you're holding back on a few hundred quai or $20 to buy your friends a drink because, you know, you think you don't have enough, then I would say just do it. Because by releasing that generosity and just being a nice person, it comes back in the balance. What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's, I completely agree. I think that generosity i mean i'm not necessarily into karma but i understand the idea and that is that you know you it's not all about you and (laughs) and the more that you can give to other people it doesn't even matter whether it comes back to you that if we could all do that we would live in a world that's a better place
0: well and, and i tell you what mr summers uh next time we are in a bar together you can buy the first round you got it. <laughs> okay. You got it. Right, let's move on. It's time for. Wow, this is my favourite. Dway, but Dway. Because this is just the way it's gonna be. This is just the way it's gonna be. This is just the way. Dway, but Dway, listeners, then, is back. Um, it was a very popular one in the first show format, mixing my words up there. Josh, you are going to be the new guy in my mitts that I hopefully will defeat every week. Um, I will give you one weird fact and you must decide if it's true, dway or not true, boudwey. Um, and then we'll obviously uh, tell you the answer um, at the end of the show. Uh, so listeners can also join in and hopefully not do a Google Baidu search either. So you're ready,
1: Josh. Let's go for it. I I think I can take
0: you on. I I think you can, um, as long as you buy the first drink. Okay, Um, students. Here we go. Students at a university in China recently designed and are about to launch a Biwa, otherwise known as a bike washing machine, (laughs) that when you cycle causes the wheel drum of the washing machine to rotate and clean your dirty underpants whilst you reach your fitness goals.
1: Have a load of that. Hmm. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking back to my time. (laughs) Like I was taking classes in a university and then of course my own time at a university. And and when I was in university, we had, you know, these laundromats and they were really easy to get to. I don't remember that being anywhere at a Chinese university. (laughs) And so I could like. I could, like, see that being a useful thing. I mean, most people that I knew did it in just, like, their sink and then hung it out to dry outside their windows or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, why not? Biking is pretty common, and I, I would say that that would be a, a very useful invention to have something that's washing your clothes while you're riding your bike to the store.
0: Well, I tell you what, we'll come back to the answer later, but fair enough, I see where you're going with that. Um, I think it's... <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know what the listeners think, but uh, when I was given this by the researchers, uh, and I don't know, actually, either. This is we keep it tense um, on China Jedi. I don't know if this one is true or false too, but when I look at it, I certainly think um, someone may be pulling my leg. Anyway, Josh, good stuff. Um, of course, as you are an avid writer, and um, your book that you brought out, of course, Everything You Need to Know Before You Come to China... We thought we'd focus very much on this show, not just on the longtime China expat, but also on the China newbie, of course, um, which you have great information for on your website and in the the Amazon published guidebook. So let's now go into our next section, which is China Virgin tip of the week. (laughs)
1: So you've got the China version tip of the week. We're talking about the the fact that in China, cash is still king now mm-hmm. if you talk to any expat and and Chris I'm sure that you're completely aware of this but when I was you know you don't walk around with any cash whatsoever in your pocket mm. right everything that a Chinese person pays for everything that a long-term expat pays for is done on your phone yes and when you come out here or if you live out here that's what you're gonna see you're gonna see everyone pulling out their phone and scanning a QR code or pulling out their phone and showing their QR code all right but here's the thing is that if you're traveling if you're a short-term traveler cash is still king yeah. Why is that? It's because travelers are not able to use WeChat Pay and Alipay. Mm -hmm. It has changed so much over the past two years, but as recently as February of this year, they made it mandatory that you had to have a Chinese bank account in order to open a WeChat wallet in order to use WeChat Pay. Mm -hmm. So kind of follow the the line of thinking there. And in order to get a Chinese um, bank account, you've got to have a residence. Beyond six months. So in other words, you can't just have a short-term, uh, what do you call it, tourist visa yeah. in order to get a a, a a bank account. Now, I've heard some people get around that. But overall, when you're coming out here as a short-term traveler, cash is still king. You can pull cash out of an ATM, but you're going to have to have it with you. What do yeah. you think, Chris?
0: Well, I... <laughs> Being here long term and obviously I have a bank account, um, you know, there's a <laughs> it's interesting when people come over like family to see how it works here. Like you said, everyone uses their phone, which Alipay and uh, in our banks are linked through through WeChat um, and it, they can't believe it. You know, it's like why don't we have that in England or, you know, why don't we have that back in our country? And so, in a way, you know, a country, developing country like China can really go from, you know, A to M without going through B, C, D, E, F, G, like, you know, kind of other already developed countries have. So, how I think about this, if you're coming to China, you're clearly not going to be here for six months. You also don't want to go through the hassle of getting a China bank account. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it's very true, being in China, that they are clamping down a lot on um, making sure that when someone opens something and they are foreign, that they know exactly what they're doing it for and uh, the money going in and money going out, where it's going, so to speak. So uh, I would say this is a great tip for anyone listening who's thinking of coming over. Of course, Josh, I'm thinking of a situation where you could be in a shop um, and someone's next to you, you could give them cash and then they could pay with WeChat or Alipay. <laughs>
1: That's true. And you know what's weird is I actually, and I don't know, Chris, I wonder if you've seen this or heard this as well. I've heard that there are some stores now that won't even accept or mm. or give out cash. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would say not so much. Um, I have seen a few. Yes, there has been a few situations like that. And I would probably say, and good or bad, I don't know here, that that might actually start to happen more and more.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think that it will happen more and more. And because of that, China's going to have to come up with some yeah. sort of option for, for tourists because, I mean, it's, it's not even, you know, Western tourists. It's, it's yeah. anybody who's not a Chinese person. This becomes a really big problem in the future.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, cash is still king. I just wonder if that will be the case in 10, 20 years time, Josh. And of course, you know, at the end of the day, once we start going into this digital world of everyone knowing what we're doing through technology... Uh, well, there's a flip side to it, isn't there? There really is. Um, yeah, I yeah. Th- think of the jesting Timberlake movie, terrible movie... But it was um, something that it, it was in his hand. Or it was on his arm. Like a
1: time thing that that, where it's like counting down the time. Yeah, right?
0: that was it. And if you couldn't kind of get money to get time, you would kind of die. Um, anyway, um, off, off the morbid note, for now, as we are in 2019, um, that is a great chip. In China, cash is still king, especially for the, the China newbie coming over for just a short time. So excellent stuff, Josh.
1: Yeah, and you know, you've made a great point. This is 2019 that we're recording this and mm. then it will be published. If you're listening to this in the future, I, <laughs> I make no guarantees. Do not hold me to this. If it is 2020 or beyond, I take no responsibility for this tip.
0: Alright, lovely. Thank you for your marvellous professional disclaimer, Mr Summers. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, um, let's move on. Oh, goody, goody, goody. It's TBD topic time, none other than Ting ba dong, topic time. Ting you got it all wrong. The things that I've been saying, you'll be listening to the wrong song. Now, Josh, before you begin on this, um, because this, this is your baby, um, let me just explain quickly to the listeners. Ting ba dong, topic time used to be a question sent in from from our uh, from our listeners about something they couldn't quite understand. It was always a, a why question which I found really entertaining, especially when we did the research and really looked into those questions. A little bit different this time. What it's going to be is we're going to take a a kind of topic and article that you've really well researched on your TravelChinaCheaper.com site. And we're going to dig into it because, of course, some people just don't have that kind of time to go on a website and read lots of stuff. Um, Some of us are more kind of audio um, involved. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to fire off with a a topic that you know well um, and put together in Xinjiang. So what's it going to be today? TB Diaz.
1: All right. For this day today, or for this episode, we're going to be talking about bike sharing in China. Chris, ah. have you ever done bike share before?
0: You, you know, uh, why do I always have to do things the different way? I've never done a bike share. And the reason I've never done it is because when I was out after a few too many drinks, and I really needed one, Josh... I got my phone out, I scanned it, and then suddenly it wasn't that easy. Uh, It went to a Chinese website. I could understand some of the hands, but not some of it. And by the time I'd gone pressing buttons and stuff, I just thought, forget it, I better walk. So that's my experience. And I hope we're going to get into that because surely that is a little bit of a, how do I say, a negative uh, to this wonderful service. But I do also want to pick up later on car sharing because that's exactly what I've done. And are now doing. I'm sharing cars, but let's do the bikes. Let's do the bikes first, Joshua. Hit it.
1: Yeah, let, let's start with the bikes because that, that has a lower barrier to entry. I mean, when <laughs> yes. you come with cars, you've got to have a, a Chinese driver's license, but that that's not the case with bike sharing. And I, for those of you who maybe have never heard of bike sharing before, let's let's just imagine for a moment that yeah. you've never seen the millions of bikes that have just littered China's walkways now. But it, it, it's essentially a way in which. You can take a bike anywhere you find it practically and ride it anywhere you want after unlocking it using this app and then lock it and you'll be charged. And it's something like one. I mean, I've taken rides for one quai, which is, you know, one yuan, the equivalent of maybe 13 cents from a, from a U.S. dollar perspective. Or, um, you know, up to like maybe 5 or 10 quid, but, but never super expensive. No. I mean, it's, it's a super cheap option.
0: Super cheap. And- and sorry, Josh, to cut in. Sorry, super cheap and super good for your health, isn't it, really, as well? So it's twofold.
1: Well, you know, I, I agree with that. Although I would make a point that you know when you're when you're biking in Beijing and the air quality is yes. like two fifty, I don't know if you're actually doing yourself any favors. Very good point. Very good point. <laughs> the, the thing is, is it's like I mean, it it really took over China, like in, in a really bad way, in my opinion. We I had agree. Stuff like Mobike, uh, Ofo, you had Blue Go Go, uh, all these different companies that just invested millions and millions of dollars in. Let's just be honest crappy crappy bikes and just threw them on the sidewalks The the good thing is is you're not you're not riding these for miles and miles The idea is just that last mile to get from the subway stop to back to your house or vice versa And, And it's like I said, it's just really easy and cheap now There is something worth noting is that it it used to be that, you know, you still have to use an app to unlock it, right? And and that app has to be connected to some form of payment. Yes, Now, most of the time that comes through WeChat, which again, like we just talked about in the last uh, section of this episode, is hard for somebody that isn't living in China, right? For a tourist. But there are ways around that. So, for example, like Mobike, which is the orange bikes that you'll see, or at least the orange wheel bikes. Uh, you can open up a Mobike account in your home country. So, you know, if you're in the UK or if I'm in the US, I can open up a Mobike account, and then I can add my foreign credit card to that Mobike account, travel to China, and then use it to unlock a, unlock a bike. And, and it's really pretty simple because each bike has this QR code. Um, or. Yeah, I, Chris you might have to correct me on this I, I just remember the Q, I know the QR codes Are there some bikes that you just have to be near it And it'll unlock it isn't that right
0: Oh well the ones we have down here in Juhai You have to scan the code Everyone scans okay. the code Yeah
1: Yeah, I think there were a couple that I ran into Where it was Bluetooth And so oh, you had nice. to have your Bluetooth on And you got near the bike no, I think you still had to scan it. But it automatically unlocked versus you having it, There's some where you have to actually press in buttons or change a lock or something like that. Yeah. And you unlock it, it, it lets the app know, and then the app has a running timer and it shows you how far you've gone. It, it really is convenient. It's just... it. it the, the streets are littered with these bikes. I remember driving down, you know, a highway recently in Beijing, and there were just bikes strewn on the side of the road. I mean, the, the bikes were in disrepair. There was no way they were going to be used. And so, you know, who's who's responsible for those? It kind of makes the city look ugly.
0: Uh, Josh, you know, I, if you go on to just search a picture of um, uh, free bikes, bike sharing China, and you go onto mm-hmm. the images, you see... It's mad. A bird's eye view pictures taken from obviously a drone or something of places outside of the city, Shanghai, Beijing. And literally it looks like a field of poppy fields, different colours. But when you examine in and you go in, it's actually loads of bikes that have been taken out from roads, like you just said, that have just been chucked everywhere in the urban areas and just whacked into these, you know, these fields. Um, And it looks like poppies, but it's actually just stacks and stacks of Mobike. you've got the yellow offo ones, which give a nice yellow off from above. And then you've got the orange Mobike ones, which gives a nice orange from above. But it's just it's crazy. I mean, for me, what does it say about human mentality? Because, you know, here's a good idea. It's like the Uber idea from taxi. Now we're going to bikes. But I mean, People, when they use them, you don't just dump them in a field. You don't just dump them on a, a lay by. You don't just dump them outside your house, like on a path, um, so someone has to walk over it. I just, that's the real issue for me I have of it. It says something about where we are consciously at the moment.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, even it's kind of, they're having to get caught up with the economics of it all. And, uh, you know, there's a number of them that have gone just belly up completely. And others like Ofo, I can't remember if they've officially declared for bankruptcy or if they Great were just wow. rumors about it. And everyone was trying to get their refund back, and they weren't getting it. And it's just, it, it, it it's, it's, uh, you know, again, if you're listening to this two or three years down the road, maybe maybe <laughs> the bikes don't even exist. Maybe they they <laughs> changed it to only using scooters or something like that. I mean, I the way it's working right now it's convenient but it's not sustainable it's it, like you're saying it's just a waste in many ways
0: uh yeah i mean imagine all the resources the energy the materials i'm oh, sorry to say this the costs that went into yeah. making all those bikes to then end up in a wasteland outside of a big city just collecting uh, collecting rust it's it's crazy do you remember the song there were 10 million bicycles in beijing do you remember that one <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Well, I reckon if she did that song again, talking about the future, I reckon it'd be more than 10 million, huh?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember some of those pictures, too. Ah. You know, I was riding with a good friend of mine and uh, he was, was, where was it? It was in Shanghai. And we were both on one of these Mo Bikes. We were taking it slow, but we came around a corner just as one of these these like electric scooters, right? The bigger scooters (laughs) just like flew by. And like, I mean, it just it smashed him. Really good. Oh, And, I mean, I I say that really good. Like, it it really wasn't that hard, and yet the entire front wheel of the bike was so wonky you couldn't even, you couldn't ride it anymore. Mm. (laughs) So, I mean, he had to lock it up and just sit it there. And, you know, we left it in hopes that, you know, I I guess somebody from Mobike is going to pick this up even if they weren't, I have no idea where to bring this. I can't fit this in a trash can. What do I do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of like, I don't know when they were thinking about the plan of rolling these bikes out. I don't know if they did the whole turnkey service solution for it, because I've often asked that how to get people to put the bike back in a suitable place, Josh. Surely you could have a GPS system that if someone comes along and takes the bike next and it's not in a good place, or even through GPS where the, the, the previous person that used it puts it, they could surely then charge to his account a penalty fee or something.
1: Yeah, and I think there are some penalty fees that that they assess. Um, I've never been assessed on a penalty and I don't know exactly what they do it for, but but it, it is something that they they do. If there's anybody who's listening right now that wants like, more information about how to use Bike Share, I, I, you can go to that page, and it's at travelchinacheaper.com yeah. slash bike sharing, and you can just type that in and it'll forward you there. What I'm curious about, Chris, you mentioned these the car share, and I've heard a little bit about this, but I've never actually done it. Tell me about that. Well, there's a, a few
0: have popped up over the last year in Juhai, and there's like a, a company called Warm Car, a company called Go Fun, and another one, Now, here we hit a snag as a foreigner because all of them, um, I was told, you couldn't as a foreigner uh, sign up to it. You had to have a Chinese ID. And -hmm. I did some more digging. And the company Warm Car actually can allow a foreigner to sign up. You must have a driving license, of course, uh, first, Josh. And it's a very relatively simple process. You you download the app. You put your details in. Um, It's a 500 RMB deposit. And uh, away you go, and, and the cars aren't <laughs> like the bikes left um, in, in, you know, roundabouts or on on the road or on a pavement or outside a shop. There are car banks, so there are warm car car banks um, that you have to go to to pick it up and take it back to. But I mean, you don't have to take the car back to the same car bank you got it from. But it's been a, a joy for us with the kids. We just get in. They have big ones and small ones. And, uh, you know, perfect for like a day's journey. You're not going to go somewhere to stay overnight because it just wouldn't work out. Um, But to go, you know, urban traveling instead of taking a taxi, it actually comes out a lot cheaper. You're saving the environment. And I like driving, especially in China, because you can do naughty things. Whoops.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with that. I love driving in China, despite, you know, the the kind of reputation that the country has for bad driving. But I, I think... As I think about that, the thing that, that I just have go around and around with questions is yeah. the hardest thing for me when I'm driving is parking. It's not the actual driving. It's just finding <laughs> Finding a space. So how in the world are you finding parking for these cars, especially if they're going to flood the streets with these, you know, car share stuff?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I wonder if they will flood The streets, uh, to be honest. It'd be interesting to see in the next few years where it goes, almost like what happened to the bikes. I hope it doesn't go that way. My first thought is, of course, when we talked about the human mentality of when you're borrowing something that's not yours and you've done with it, you don't really care about it, right? You can see that with the bikes. Um, But every time I've got one of these cars, and of course they are brand spanking new josh so but when i've got in you take some photos and if there's any problems you upload it to the site so they know the last person that maybe's damaged it but they've all seemed to be relatively in good shape um, so maybe when you're appealing to a more you know that you know, you've had to have a driving license and things like this so you're not dealing with everybody so to speak with all of the public you're dealing with people that have gone and actually driven yeah. before, and so there may be a bit more kind of knowledge and know-how and respect in that, right? Um, so yeah. I, I hope it stays. I really do because I think it's a great idea.
1: Um, yeah, shoot. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, I was just gonna throw in there, especially for listeners that are thinking to themselves. Hey, you know that sounds like a good idea. I, I think it's important to point out that an international driver's permit does not. It isn't accepted in China. So you, you can't just you have to take the test. You have to get a Chinese driver's license in order to make use of any of these kind of drive share or even, you know, renting or or, or in my case, I bought a car. And um, and yeah, I had to have a Chinese driver's license. So that's important to point out.
0: Yeah, very true. And um, if you do have a driving license from your own country, you get it notarized. That's the first thing in a notary office in the place of where you are and, and then you do the you don't actually have to do the practical driving test you go and do the theory driving test which you know again maybe in a show another time josh we can delve into this because there's some really good free tools out there um that you can use like i did and pass the test most of it's common yeah. sense um but 30% of it you really need to learn the questions uh, as i'm sure you'd exactly agree right. <laughs> yeah. no i think
1: that that would make for a funny show yeah. I think, because that that was a trippy <laughs> yes. test that i had
0: to take yeah. <laughs> yes yeah no drugs were needed for that one uh, that's for sure <laughs> um now now josh before we come to the end of um tingle on topic time a couple of things uh the mobikes or the other bikes that you can the bike sharing companies uh do you find them comfortable because a lot of friends you know when you're kind of a big foreigner um guy or girl so to speak quite difficult to to get comfortable on them. So I'm I'm, I'm guessing you don't go too far with these bike sharing things. You wouldn't take it out on a 20 kilometer ride, would you?
1: (laughs) Definitely not on a 20 kilometer ride, but I will say that not every bike is the same. So if you're a taller guy like I am don't take the first bike that you see that maybe doesn't have an adjustable seat some of them have adjustable seats some of them don't so go find one that has an adjustable seat and then then, you know send that seat up and use it because yeah the times that I've been uncomfortable are the times when I can't find one that is that is really meant for for my height.
0: Lots of um lots of the bikes that I see you know in the bushes and stuff they don't even have seats on them it's just (laughs) that So you'd have to do, what's it called? Standing riding, which is good for up the
1: mountains.
0: (laughs) Okay. Last thing, Josh, on this, you mentioned that you can um, link your credit card to the Mobike app, like in America, before you come. Now, could that possibly suggest a way, for what we were talking earlier, of WeChat developing an outside app that you could link your credit card to before you come to China? That would suggest that there's a strategy that seems to be working.
1: Yeah, it's, it's still got a long way. See, the thing is, is back in 2018, they did that. So you can technically connect your foreign credit card to WeChat. Right, I didn't know that. the problem was, is they couldn't... You couldn't only pay for, like, major purchases. So, like, flight purchases, ticket, train ticket purchases. You couldn't go on the street and use that foreign credit card to buy anything. Mm. And then, like I was saying, in February of this year, they just changed the rules completely and said, forget it. Uh, you know, foreign credit card doesn't even matter anymore. And I think... You know, this is again, this is just me personally providing my opinion. China wants to be able to track where money is going and and between whom. And if it's a foreign credit card, they can't track that. I mean, they can know that money is being moved outside of the country. But I think China is just so stressed out about about money laundering and about, you know, watching its citizens that they don't really care about how that would affect a foreign traveler coming into China.
0: Yeah, and I uh, uh, totally agree with you there. On the on the other side as well, if you're using your credit card all the time for little transactions, my gosh, the transaction fees, the go-betweens oh, between yeah. the exchange, that's going to rack up. But, you know, there could be a situation like where you deposit, say, $200. Um, it's It's clearly accounted for into your credit card, into the WeChat, and when you come over to China, you have that $200 kind of thing you can use for small things. So I'm sure there's a way around it. The question is, is it really needed Um, Is it really Mm. relevant for the powers that be? And um, I think, you know, living in China, you see that the foreign community, we are very much a minority. Um, And therefore, things like these apps, these bike apps, um, these car sharing apps, they're all in Chinese. There's never any English. Now, of course, you'd say, well, that's probably that's going to be normal. It'd be the same in our country. It wouldn't be in Chinese, would they? Um, And so that's, I, I think, does point, though, to the fact that we are certainly not the most important
1: um, consumer <laughs> yeah uh, i 'd say that 's the understatement of the show right there <laughs> um, yeah you know i 'll just tease this for for you, chris, and for the listeners yeah. i 'm actually in talks with another company right now that has a possible solution for this and oh, uh, and oh. it's really it was fascinating to me, and so once I get a little more detail, I think i 'll share that on a future show that that might really change the way that that travelers to China um, do money and it kind of it, it kind of it borders on what you're talking about where you kind of preload yeah. um, a card Josh the summer's
0: teaser unbelievable and, uh, there you go first episode hitting this with a tease yeah um, and actually one thing that comes to mind maybe I shouldn't say this but there is a great site out there called Swapsy. Um, that's uh, all uh, All about that American company doing some really good things, based in California. But I want to bring this into that episode, I think. So I'm going to leave that there, Josh. Thank you very much. Nice. Keep keep on teasing us. like being teased. All right. <laughs> right. Well, it's time to uh, get into something a little bit more serious, um, which uh, I'm sure the listeners would like to do now. It's time for some Chinese because, you know, we're in China and speaking some Chinese can get you far. It's time for... Uh, Jingle, jangle, jongwen, Josh. Oh. We chat, wei we chat, wei we chat, me. We chat,
1: wei shin, we chat, wei shin, come to my party. All right, so jingle, jangle, jongwen, we're going to start with a phrase, and, and really from the surface level, it's a very simple phrase, but there's a lot of cultural baggage behind it that I want to talk about. And that's it's, it's just a simple question what, what kind of work do you do? Right. Yeah, and so in Chinese you would say, "你做什么样的工作?" 工作 is that work, and then "你做什么样的?" Is what kind of what kind of work do you do? So, "你做什么样的工作?" Yes. So, um Chris, I'll I'll just make a couple notes about this and then I want to hear your your thoughts on this. Because yeah. one of the things that you'll notice if you've lived in China for anything longer than a couple weeks is that Chinese people seem to ask very like pointed personal questions yes. all the time. You know, I've been asked what's your salary? <laughs> yes. I've been asked, you know, are you know, are you in this order? Are you married? Yeah. Yes. Do you have a girlfriend? What? What? No. And and why would I tell you that? I mean, honestly. Um, and I don't have a girlfriend, by the way. If my, if my wife's listening, to this, so. um, well, it's two thousand and
0: nineteen. Yeah. Okay,
1: just remember that yeah. two thousand nineteen. <laughs> so uh, you know, but, but these personal questions for for me as a Westerner and Chris, I, I'm I'm curious what you think about this. But for me as a Westerner, at least when it first happened to me, just feel extremely. Um, invasive, almost. Like, why in the world would I be telling you this? I I would never ask this to somebody in my own culture. Is is that the same for you?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, the the thing is, though, Josh, over the years of being here, you almost, you do become similar to your environment. And, uh, you you know, I have asked questions to my friend, you know, sometimes in England, I'd never ask how much do you pay for rent, probably a month for Something like this. I I don't know, but you just kind of do now. And I see myself doing it. I don't even think about it anymore. Oh, so uh, how much are you making a month, uh, Martin, or something like that? The thing is, we kind of tell each other now, you know?
1: Yep. Yeah, but you know, the funny thing to me is that a lot of times these very specific questions... Are not meant to elicit specific answers. Right. So i me give you a couple of examples, and then I'll and then I'll share with you what I mean with this particular phrase that we're talking about in yeah. this section. And and that is, you know, every day it it, it almost happened in cl- like clockwork. Every day I come out of my apartment and I go down and I see, let's say, one of my neighbors coming up the stairwell. Um, I live in an apartment complex that, that doesn't have uh, an elevator. Yeah, I'm I'm old school, so so don't don't uh, <laughs> make fun of me here. But they're they coming up and every single time they ask me, so are you leaving? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah. And at first, you know, but then every time I would return back and ask them, so are you going home? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I am. And, and you know, a lot of times... What I've found is is people are asking very what feel like invasive questions, but on the flip side, they're not necessarily expecting extremely detailed answers. Yeah. And that's what and that's what maybe trips us up as foreigners is that we're like, well, I've got to give all these details. What kind of work do you do? Well, I mean, you know, I do this and that, and and I work for this company. And, yes. I mean, seriously, if all you said was I do business, <laughs> I do business. They'd be, oh, that's great. Yeah. And that'd be it. What? <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's a really good point. and
0: especially for the newbies, if they come, um, get ready for those very direct questions. But I think you're right, it's, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, when you, you meet someone for the first time, you don't know what to say to them, you go, oh, the weather's nice today, you know. But I guess here they might go, uh, so, um, yeah, how much do you make a year? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, OK, wonderful. So, 你, 你做什么样的工作? Now, I probably got all my tones wrong there. Can you say it one more time?
1: Sure. It goes 你 as in you. 你做什么样的工作? And
0: again, Josh, learning
1: Chinese,
0: going slowly, I think, does really help, um, especially bringing those tones out, which is so important um, in Chinese, isn't it? So, 你做什么样的工作? 你做什么样的工作? How would you say it fast? 你做什么样的工作? Yeah, Yes, yeah, so you see, as you get practicing, you can ring it out like that and you sound absolutely, perfectly, 100% um, Chinese, Josh. Marvelous.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure a Chinese person would disagree with that. But <laughs> you're, you're on your way. you sound well, better.
0: Well, we keep it we keep it positive on China Jedi. Now, yeah, breaking it down. Of course, I think you said it earlier. You have got needs war needs war, which is you do basically, yeah. Uh, yep. Then you've got shanma shan second tone shun, shun Ma kind of 什么 I, I, yang kind of work right because I wonder what the yang the yang's not really needed in there is it you could say 你做什么的工作 uh, could you say that
1: yeah you could and I think the difference in translation would be what work do you do versus what kind of work do yes you do. and in English there's really not a, a difference in translation it's just a difference in the way that it sounds and the same thing applies here in Chinese
0: yeah, and, and the you know, that's that's a very uh good one to know. Kong to which is work basically. Um,
1: yep. And so you could be a lausher, which is a teacher, mm. or you could do work, which is 生意. uh you could do a a number of different things, um but but really you know, you can just kind of look up exactly what it is that you want to say, whether you're a doctor or a nurse yes. or, or any of these type of uh, professions. Just getting a simple answer is pretty pretty good.
0: And, you know, if you ask me that question, I, I'm a teacher, uh, would I say sure? Yeah,
1: I'd say that that would work. That, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, so I am teacher. Um, OK, marvellous. Well, that was a really simple start. But again, Josh, I think you're perfectly spot on there. It is a question that you get asked all the time. So maybe you'll find it difficult to say it, but listening to it, you will definitely be asked that question at some point in somewhere in China. I agree.
1: <laughs> somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Okay, let's jingle jangle John went off to uh, the final section. We're going to get back into that Dway but dway. Because this is just the way it's going to be. This is just the way it's going to be. This is just the way... <laughs> Okay then, so at the beginning of the show I gave you a, um, a, a bizarre fact, a weird fact, or maybe you think it's quite a normal fact, uh, everyone's different. Uh, I'm going to go back over it and you're going to give me your answer and hopefully you'll get it wrong. Um, so basically, <laughs> uh, students at a university in China recently designed and are about to launch a biwa, or bike, washing machine that when you cycle causes the wheel drum of the washing machine to rotate and clean your dirty underpants whilst you reach your fitness goals. Now, Josh, uh, you said it earlier, you think this is quite true. you still sticking with that.
1: I think it is entirely plausible, and, and if it isn't, then some Chinese person needs to invent it because I met way too many university <laughs> students that <laughs> needed to wash clothes more often. OK,
0: so for our first labor, Boudoué, please give your answer. Dway or Boudoué?
1: I will say that that is a
0: Dway. And the answer is... I'm looking at it now. Ah, oh, damn. Started the way I didn't want to start. It's a dway. <laughs> Good stuff. Very nice. You go into the lead. 1-0. I like to play these silly little competitions. I have too many children. I just keep it interesting with these fun games of points. Uh, well done, Josh.
1: All right. Thank you very much. I, have you ever watched... There was this this TV show in the United States called Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah, love it. And I it's, started off by saying... They, the points don't, don't matter type of... I yeah. forget how the line goes. We'll have, to, we'll have to do that. Maybe you can say that every single time you start. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. the points certainly don't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, that huge line is it anyway, actually. It started in England. Um, I, I've got yeah. all the series and then it went to America. I have to say, the American one really, really blew it off. I think it was excellent. Really, really good. Really, really good. Anyone who wants a good laugh download whose line is it anyway both the british and american versions now quickly on this uh, because you said the way and it was right um it is actually very true and this an exercise bike doubles as a washing machine to get you fit while cleaning your clothes Uh, and apparently the blurb goes like this if you struggle to find the willpower to exercise how is getting your laundry done as an incentive after all there's nothing like a lack of clean underwear to get you on your bike the biwa, or, is a stationary bicycle, so it's stationary, Josh. You can't go down to the shop in it. Designed by uh, students, yeah, designed by students at China's um, Dalian Nationalities University. So, if anyone is up in Dalian now, uh, which is in Liaoning, isn't it? Yeah, on the tip um, of Liaoning Province. Am I right there, Josh? I, yeah, I think I am. I think so. Um, go and check this out. Um, according to the students who created the biwa. The way it works is simple, when you ride the bike, the pedal in motion causes the drum of the washing machine to rotate, Um, at the same time the extra electricity generated can be used to power the display screen or stored for future rides. Um, Unfortunately, boom boom, there's no information on if or when this invention will hit the market, so for now you'll have to continue to coordinate your spin cycle with your spin class. But interesting stuff, let's see if that rolls out.
1: Yeah, let's see.
0: (laughs) And on that note, um, Josh, it's been wonderful having you. I hope the listeners have enjoyed the show. And uh, anything you'd like to add, Josh?
1: No, I'd say uh, I think that covers everything. I'm really happy to be joining you guys. And I hope that uh, it's been entertaining for all of you listening.
0: Well, you certainly have a lot of useful information, I think, for all of us um and and a lot more useful information than the information we've previously come up with so there you go Till next time this is china jedi people if you enjoy listening to the china jedi podcast and want to get involved either by asking a question expressing your opinion good or bad light or dark or even appearing as a special guest then get in touch by emailing our team at info at china Jedi.com. that's info at china Jedi.com. may the smile be with you